Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. Such a great time of worship this morning. So glad that we get to worship together like that. And, um, you know, just such great songs that we've been doing. And I think everybody's kind of adjusted to worshiping at home. Hopefully, Um, I know that when I've been sitting with those songs, putting the services together and and reviewing the work that the guys have done during the week. So often I've just gone straight into like a little mini prayer meeting afterwards because the songs have actually moved me so much. So I want to encourage you to, you know, those songs are available. Use them, listen to them in the week. You know, make sure that you're worshiping and refocusing your heart and your life and uh, that you just are trusting in God for every season. What a crazy year it's been. It's been nuts. Um, it's been crazy. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's 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 the kind of stuff that you would see in movies yeah. that we've lived through in this year already. And uh, and we're trusting that the rest of the year, these final three months, <laughs> are just going to be a whole lot smoother. And, uh, and Who then, remembers February? Yeah, that was like a lifetime ago. Like I was 10 and then it was February and now now it's today. Um, so it's been, that doesn't make any sense. But anyways. Um, we know what you mean. Yeah. You mean. No, I know you guys get me. So, you know, it's, it's in times like these that I think a lot of questions come up. You know, this yeah. is, you know, I think that's the one thing 2020 has done for everybody is it's raised big questions. Absolutely. Because when you got a yeah. plan, and everything's kind of going to plan and you think the world is as it should be, which kind of already betrays the fact that we have this real desire for things to work according to justice and according to order. Like, you know, the whole idea that everything in the universe is random really doesn't line up with how we approach life. You know, we want order and structure and justice and 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 uh, reason to prevail in kind of all senses. Mm-hmm. So so when stuff happens like this, we're like, okay, what is going on? This yeah. doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right? yeah, doesn't feel the way that it should be. Um, and, uh, and and you know, and it raises questions. So we have had, as pastors and church leaders, we've had questions throughout um, this whole time of people asking, you know, how can God allow this, or yeah. what is happening, or is this punishment, or is this you know, maybe, Will, you can tell us, what are some of the big ticket questions that you've heard asked um, from people or the or the sense that you've gotten that people yeah. are struggling yeah. or wrestling with? Well, I think, you know, when you live life, you know, you typically have, you know, best case kind of scenario situation. You kind yeah. of imagine that things will kind of be like this or like that. And at the back of your mind, you kind of have like a worst case scenario thing, which you, yeah. you know, really kind of venture to you know ponder on and so on but you know this year the worst case scenario has kind of been the best case scenario yeah you know and (laughs) you know most people in situations like that would you know typically kind of ask and something that you know i've been asked myself actually yeah um is you know why would god allow something like this yeah why would why would we you know if if God is a loving God, why would we be in this place that we're in? Yeah. You know, and yeah. especially even when you consider, you know, the impact that things like the pandemic has had on kids. Yeah. You know, innocent children. Yeah. Um, in in poor countries on top of that. Yeah. You know, like why would God allow something like this? Where yeah. is he? Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And I think in the questions that we are gonna cover today, that was definitely one of the main ones that was almost 
asked in many you know many different versions of the same question yeah. people really asking where is god when this stuff kind of stuff happens yeah it almost like people are like well, you know whether or not evolution is true that's secondary right now yeah it's almost like we've defaulted to there is a god but what is he doing yeah. you know why is this yeah. stuff happening um and so you know that's it's it's been a season yeah. like that now when we started the series, we spoke about different kinds of questions. Yeah. And you get certain questions where people aren't really looking for an answer. They're just asking because um, they're actually just trying to justify their own disbelief and almost yeah. explain away some of the psychological tension that they yes. feel yeah. in wanting to not believe. You know, yeah. we said the biggest reason why people don't believe is because they don't want to. Um, and uh, all the repercussions from that and whatever. And and so so much of that has been discussed in the series. But you know, if you approach these questions, all of it has to, all of the answers have to be built on a foundation of some sort of a belief system or a worldview that is true. Yeah. You know, if if you're yeah. building your explanations on on untruth, um, you know, it's it's a house of cards. Absolutely. And and when your premise is yeah. wrong, we've also spoken about that a few times. Everything else that you build on that. And so we start with certain absolute truths. Yeah. For example, when we talk about, you know, our world and where we live and you know what creation is, we agree that scripturally it's true that God created it. So God is yeah. real, he exists, he revealed himself in the person of Jesus, he showed us who he is. Mm-hmm. And he revealed himself as a God who is righteous, a God who is um, true, truthful, is impossible to lie, who, yeah. um, and a God who is good, yeah. who's loving. And so all of the answers that we, that we have, you know, that we look for must be built upon those truths. Yeah. Um, and in this way, it actually, one truth leads you to another truth, which, yeah. is, which is such a powerful part of asking any kind of question. Um, there's two quotes that I thought I would read just before we get into some of the questions people have sent in. But the one is from Anselm. And uh, Anselm really excelled theologically and was, many say that the the teaching systems that he developed early on um, uh, was was actually what gave rise to the modern-day seminary. So he's kind of like the father of modern-day biblical training and, and teaching. And Anselm said this. He said, I do not understand in order to believe I believe in order to understand. Mm. So it's not that it's, it's not that once you've got every answer, every question answered, oh, now that I've ticked every box, I can believe. That would be a very weak form of faith, if you can even call it faith. Mm. Um, it's far more the idea that that I believe, and because I believe, I can begin to unlock those truths in a yeah. systematic, rational biblical way yeah um and so that's so important right and so even when we don't have all the answers it doesn't affect our faith in some instances it causes us to grow in our faith because we're actually believing more yeah the the result is the less we understand the more we have to believe yes and the more we have to believe you know the more we we, we're trusting in god in those instances right so and and just latching onto that you know something that you said in the very first week um that, that that we um, that we st- when we started the the series, yeah. um, you said that you know we we actually have to approach um, all of this with humility. Yeah, and you know without humility, if you go in with almost like a sense of arrogance and yeah. and, and an unwillingness yeah. to to hear or to listen or, or 
or to to even explore yeah um then then the entire thing falls flat absolutely yeah, yeah. and people kind of apply you know they never expect to to have all the information let's say you start studying engineering today you you, you understand from the get go yeah that that's a journey you're not going to yeah. say today i'm going to start my engineering studies and tomorrow i'm going to build bridges yeah you yeah. know people will die if you did that you know <laughs> and i think that yeah. so people understand that learning is a process and yes. actually the idea of being a disciple of jesus means being a lifelong learner that yeah. All of our lives we're learning. So any answer we give here, mm. it may satisfy some of the questions. It may not. Yeah. Um, but it's it doesn't end the journey. The yeah. journey continues. Even if you come away from this and you think to yourself, this still isn't quite exactly, you know, the answer I was looking for. I, I still wrestle with this. You know, that is part of the journey. That's something yeah. that we always go on. But as we yeah. do that, it deepens our faith and we grow in what we know. You know, another yeah. quote I just wanted to share was from C.S. Lewis. Um, this is a quote that's actually... Um, misquoted he did say this but it's often misquoted because i think uh, people often say i believe in christianity as i believe in the sun not that i you know not that i see the sun but that i but that by the sun i see everything else or something like that but the actual quote goes like this it's from um the weight of glory he's writing on the weight of glory and it he says i believe in christianity as i believe that the sun has risen not only that i see it but because by it I see everything else. So it's not that you just see the effects. And I think that in our relationship with God, it's not that we we just believe in Jesus because we see the effects, but actually that we encounter him personally. So we actually see the sun, S-O-N, excuse my pun usage there. Um, but, But it's that we see him for who he is, but also by the revelation of Jesus, we now also understand everything else. We begin to understand why Certain things are the way they are, yeah. you know, how what God's heart is towards those situations mm-hmm. and so forth. And so that's just so great. The more you know Jesus, the more everything else will begin to make sense Yeah, um, because we'll see. And the more we'll know how much of our world is out of alignment. It's yeah. dis- dislocated from the will of God and what yeah. God has wanted. So anyways, that being said, we don't want to go too long, obviously, with yeah. this Q&A. Um, but so, you know, for the sake of, of letting you know how we've prepared for this. In essence, I haven't pre-prepared any answers to these. We've we've only just taken the questions as they are. We just want to give raw answers. We probably could have studied out longer theological um, answers to all of it, which there's definitely a place for, but I, we felt that there's so much information and research and stuff that you could do by yourself online on those questions yeah um but we just wanted to give more of a gut level response yeah to some of the questions in light of everything else we've already been sharing in yeah. this series yeah you know? so it's more yeah raw like that yeah. and hopefully through the process um we'll be able to give you some direction so you know you may not like we said before you mm. may not get every single answer that you're looking to every single bit of context that you need uh, but at least you'll be able to start the journey yeah. and you'll have some direction. You'll have some guidance with, Absolutely. Uh, with that. Yeah. Cool. So let's go. Question one. Fire away. Awesome. Well, uh, before we start, um, I just wanted to um, enjoy some Anchor coffee. Take a, a sip of that. Uh, <laughs> that delicious coffee and that I made. I also wanted to just salute you and congratulate you for um, putting together uh, matching. Yes. Uh, this is how you know that there's unity of spirit. One heart, one mind, one color. Um, Will Will rocked up with his with his maroon shirt. I think it's maroon burgundy. Um, it's, it's yeah, kind of. I'd I, go with one of those two. Yeah. Um, my wife, my wife, 
probably shaking her head, <laughs> you guys. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this is kind of an, an in color. I think it may have been like the color of fall 2020. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, we, we, we like to collaborate. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so into the questions once again. Thank you so much to everybody who sent through a question. Yeah. Um, really appreciate uh, all of that. Um, but I think if we can uh, kind of backtrack a little bit to to the question that I asked uh, before. Yeah. Um, and just in terms of um, something that I think many people are kind of questioning at the moment. Yeah. What's your take on the whole thought or the whole idea of um, terrible things, such as the pandemic, but there are many other terrible things that are happening yeah. in this world to innocent people, yeah. um, such as children. Um, you think of uh, miscarriages and, and so on yeah. as a result of a number of other things, yeah. you know, um, where is God in all of that? Does yeah. he care? Does he yeah. still love us? Is he a loving God? If, uh, Or how can he be a loving God if all of that is happening yeah. in the world today? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is a massive question that so many have, especially when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to children and yeah. when it comes to, uh, you know, what we would call the innocent suffering, although yeah. there's a whole argument that can be made around how innocent are any of us in yeah. terms of we've all done yeah. things wrong. Mm. And, uh, and to what level do we want God to control things on, on the earth? You know, yeah. um, um, one thing that we can definitely know is that the earth as it is right now, um, the Bible says it's subject to futility as a result of the sinfulness of humanity. And that sinfulness has impacted the world system, our, you know, our governments, our political system, our leadership systems, our societal systems, our communities. But it's also impacted on us as, well, nature, even our physical organic environment has been subjected to that futility. There's there's breakdown, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a scientific law that says everything tends towards chaos. Nothing, mm -hmm. if you left by itself, gets better. It yeah. all gets worse. Yeah. You know, and and we get old, and we see that with, um, with God's original intention in the garden with Adam and Eve. Yeah. You know, His intention was for it to be this natural world mm -hmm. where God lived with His people. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And there was peace between humanity and God. It was a love relationship. I love the that scripture that says that God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the afternoon. Yeah. Um, the best time of day to me is like just before, just after the sun is set yeah. and you're just walking in the cool of the afternoon. And just imagine God walking in the garden with us. Yeah. There's conversation, there's discussion. I mean, I would love to just be able to experience that. And I think we do through our relationship yeah. with God. But in that, that setting yeah. where there's no chaos, there's no sorrow, there's no... Yeah. There's no tears. There's no pain. There's no hurt. Yeah, that was God's... kind of like a, like a picture of us laughing with God. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's so interesting because you know the what sin produced was a breakdown in that relationship. Yeah. And once that relationship death entered, mm -hmm. physical it was obviously mainly spiritual death, separation from God. But a physical death was also instituted. It was wasn't something that was part of the original plan. Yeah. Um, but so there was physical death. Now there was, you know, there's sin has come in. Yeah. Um, Cain kills Abel. You have a breakdown in relationships. Yeah. That's where the trouble all started with the sinfulness that came. And then through that, we ended up with things like disease and, and sickness and futility and all of these kinds of things. And, and we look at that and we say, well, God isn't doing anything. Why? He yeah. should just put a stop to all of it right now. Yeah. But that would also prevent the course of redemption 
you know so god yeah. had a plan to redeem all things yeah and if you read the end of the book it literally says that all things all the old things have passed away all things has become new yeah god has put everything right again it says no sorrow yeah. no crying yeah. no pain unity with us he will be our god and we will be his people yeah that's the end picture. We're going back there, yeah. but we're not there yet. Right. But in Jesus, and it's been, it's amazing that you said just like laughing with God or whatever, because, because Isaac was a type of Christ. And the, it says the promise wasn't in Abraham. Mm. So the promise was given to Abraham, but it was through his son, Isaac. Yeah. And so Isaac is a type of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the word Isaac means brought forth with laughter. Yeah. It was the fulfillment of the promise that yeah. God said he was going to do this. And it came about, and as it came about, there was laughter. Yeah. When, when, um, you know, when, when Sarah had had Isaac, she, mm -hmm. she, she laughed. Yeah. The joy that was restored. Yeah. And so, in the same way, through Jesus, this broken world that we live in doesn't mean the end of our joy. Yeah. We've all been through stuff. I know that you guys have been through stuff. You know that we've been through through stuff. Mm -hmm. We've all suffered heartache and disappointment and pain and confusion and all those things. But in, in Christ, brought forth with laughter, the yeah. son of laughter, we have a joy that the Bible says transcends understanding. Yeah. It's bigger. It's beyond just yeah. even what we understand. Yeah. And, um, and so, and so that's, that's important to know. And it's important to know that not everything that happens in this world, mm -hmm. up until that point where God puts all things right, mm -hmm. not everything that happens in this world is in accordance with God's will. Right. God doesn't desire for people, for example, to sin. We know yeah. that because he, you know, in the Bible, he tells us that that's not a good idea. That's yeah. not what he has for us. He has more for us. The same way that, you know, if my kids are doing something that I feel is going to hurt them, I'm going to say, don't do that. That's going to harm you. Yeah. I have better for you. Yeah. So God tells us that certain things are not his will. Yeah. And part of us connecting with God through our relationship with Jesus means that we get to um we get to perceive and live out the yeah. will of God again, right? right. right. Um, so not everything that happens in the world um, is is God's will. Right. And I and I don't and I cannot say, for example, if a child dies, mm -hmm. that that was God's will for that child to die. I'm right. not God. Does God? Because you know, the, even when it comes to the will of God, mm -hmm. you have um, you know, the, the perfect will of God, mm -hmm. what he absolutely would have wanted. Yeah. But you, you have the permissible will of God where, right. you know, for example, if I'm deciding what I want to have for lunch today, mm -hmm. um, I could say that I would like to have, you know, a sandwich or, you know, a steak. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think God's like, well, my perfect will <laughs> is the steak. Yeah. I think God's yeah. will would be the steak. Maybe. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, God, there's something, there's some things that are permissible. So yeah, it gets really complicated to try and figure out yeah. exactly yeah. what is God's will in every situation and what isn't, what yeah. does God allow and what he doesn't. I don't think God's initial intention was for any of us to die prematurely yeah. or not have a full life or even die at all mm -hmm. in the initial context. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to children, you know, there's one interesting story that I can refer to biblically yeah. and it comes to, um, Jeroboam's one son um, who died as a child. Right. And from the time that the that the baby was born, mm. I think there was a prophecy or something along those lines where she realized, um, if I remember it was Abijab was the name of the child. Yeah. Um, and and you know, he died as a child, but because of Jeroboam's 
um, disobedience, yeah. you know, there was going to be a calamity that, bef- you know, was going to befall his family later. And yeah. in that sense, God actually spared the child right. from a life, from having to face that judgment. And it actually says that because there was, you know, there was innocence, there was goodness in that child. And yeah. so I think the biggest, and, and, and that there's a lot to unpack in just that story yeah. right there. So I don't want to open a can of worms, yeah. but to wrap it up, I think the bottom line when it comes to all of those kinds of things yeah. is the difficulty of not having the eternal perspective that God has. Yeah. Because yeah. to be honest, life is tough. And if and if there was an opportunity, like Paul even says, I long to be with God. If it was up to me, I would rather die right now and just be in heaven, heaven with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. God has that eternal perspective. Yeah. But um but he says, but for your sake, because I've got something to do here, I, I'd rather be on earth. You know? yeah. And so and so even though to, it's a calamity and it's a tragedy for everybody on earth, mm-hmm. from that that baby's perspective, that person who, yeah. who that child was going to become's perspective, it's 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 amazing because you yeah. get to be with with God, you know. Yes. And I do believe that that children before, you know, reaching the time where they're aware of their sinfulness and mm-hmm. And can repent for that. Like if a if a child in a miscarriage dies, I do believe that that child does receive eternal life. You know, right. um, but but the idea just being that that from Earth's side yeah. we struggle with it, but from Heaven's perspective, it looks yeah. completely different. Right, and it's hard for us then mm-hmm. to judge each case like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so that's yeah what I would say there. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned throughout this series is um, that man. God's creation yeah. has uh, free will, mm. the ability to choose. And, um, you know, you, you, you spoke during the, the series about how God doesn't want to have robots. You know, yeah. God wants us to have the ability to choose to have a, uh, a fruitful and loving relationship with him. Yeah. Um, and not anything that is controlled or, or manipulated or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because of free will and so on, it means that we also have the ability to hate. Yes. Um, and so forth. So um, something that, you know, some people I know are wondering is, you know, in, within the context of free will, yeah. within the, uh, the realm of us being able to choose, yeah. um, does God still have control? Yeah. If I have the ability to choose, can God intervene? Yes. You know, yeah. uh, how, how does that all work? Yeah. So, you know, I remember us in the series saying that that because God has given us free will, he cannot necessarily stop us every single time we exercise that free will. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have free will, we wouldn't be able to have the relationship with him, like you said. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that God never intervenes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we're not saying that that God is out of control mm-hmm. or that he's not sovereign ultimately, yeah. that he doesn't at the end of the day work all things together for good. Yeah. Um, but but we are saying that God doesn't always intervene. Right. Sometimes God intervenes in the most amazing ways. I mean, I watched a video, I think just a, a silly video online um, this week where I saw, um, you know, it was literally a guy standing next to a wall and he was kind of on his phone and he walked away and um, and then the wall fell over mm-hmm. and missed him by yeah. centimeters and would have completely crushed him. And people are like, "Yo, when God is on your side, yeah, you know that that's the kind of stuff that happens." And yeah. that is true when God is on your side. That kind of stuff, m- miraculous mm-hmm. protection and supernatural divine protection does definitely occur. Um, but 
obviously the cynic, the first question you would ask, you know, or the skeptic would say, well, what about people who trusted in God and, and the wall did fall off? Yeah. Because yeah. that has happened in history. Yeah. And, you know, so the, so the, it doesn't make the fact that God protects us any less true. Yeah. But it also means that, um, that God does, in a very real way, intervene according to his promises that he's made yeah. to us. But there are also certain other occasions where God would allow certain things according to his will. Yeah. And so it really is up to God's decision. And I'm not saying that God isn't faithful to his promises. He, every promise he has made us, mm-hmm. he keeps. Yeah. So God is absolutely, every single one of his promises mm-hmm. in the scriptures are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Right. But certain times, like some people take that too far and they think, well, because God has made promises, I should never have any problems in my life. And yeah. if I have a problem, then, you know, it's either I've done something wrong right. or, and this is where condemnation comes in and that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. There are certain times where God is actually fulfilling a greater promise mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. by allowing so certain things to take place yeah. or not interfering in the yeah. situation at this point, mm-hmm. but interfering at this point. Right. And we've got to have the faith to know, okay, God obviously allowed something here or he didn't intervene here. Yeah. But I believe that he will intervene here or right. later on. Yeah. And that's where faith comes in. So if yeah. God didn't intervene mm-hmm. now, he will intervene yeah. later. Right. He's yeah. going to be involved yeah. in how it all plays yeah. out. So yeah. we can trust that he cares. Absolutely. Um, and and how do we trust that God is still a loving God? Yeah. Even when it feels like he is not present. Yeah. Um, you know. How do we just on a practical kind of level, yeah, when we're going through it, you know, yeah. how how do we have that faith? How do we have that trust that God is involved and that God cares? Yeah. Um, and that God is still a loving God. Yeah. Well, we mentioned in in the one uh you know, the one session that we spoke about. Actually, in fact, I think it was our last session when we spoke about the, the benefit of doubt. Yeah. And we spoke about how the word no in the Hebrew context was experiential mm-hmm. rather than theoretical. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be very difficult for you to have a theoretical belief in the goodness of God and yeah. have that theory carry across yeah. to when you're actually suffering yeah. and then wanting to apply the theory mm-hmm. in that moment because you don't have it. It's got to be deeper than just head knowledge. It's got to be something that you, you know, and, and I think true trust is like that. Yeah. You can't have a theoretical trust in somebody. Yeah, you either genuinely sure. trust them or you don't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so if you haven't developed the trust in God mm-hmm. before that moment, yeah. it might be difficult for you to trust God in that moment. Sure. So the best yeah. way is like, how do you keep trusting that God is good is, mm-hmm. well, you should by that point know that he's good because you've already been on a journey with him. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been, oftentimes, even if you doubt his goodness now, mm-hmm. God has used many of those situations to actually lead people into what, what he does through them is that he reveals his faithfulness. Right. So I think about like my life and my faith in God. And I have a genuine faith in God. I have a genuine trust in his goodness. Mm-hmm. And that and I and I can even I can even compare the faith I have in Jesus now mm-hmm. and the trust I have in him now to the trust I had in him 20 years ago. Right. And I can see how immature this still was and how, yeah. you know, how much more I've come to trust in God mm-hmm. on an everyday sense. Even though I still, you know, still something I've got to keep walking out. Yeah. But it was through the difficult moments uh-huh. that God actually revealed his faithfulness to right. me. So in the, as the difficult moment happened, I might have thought, where is God right now? How can yeah. I trust his goodness? Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, he is faithful. Yeah. 
Look at how he is, you know, the old song, he's never failed me yet. Right. He's just, the more God doesn't fail you and he never fails, Mm -hmm. the more you grow in that, in that trust. So one of the best things that you can do just to answer that question is that if I'm facing an impossible situation right now, and you know, we still do. Yeah. I just look back at all the ways that I know. Remember how that was such a mess. Remember how that was such a broken situation. Remember how impossible that was. Remember how crazy that was. Yeah. Look at what God did in every one of those situations. And even in our church journey, as we've built Anchor Church, Mm -hmm. by God's grace, looking back, we think about how many moments there was that we were like, this is impossible. This is not going to work. We're, you know, and he's never failed you yet. And I think, so you can look at the promises of God in scripture. It's a good yeah. thing to do. You can yeah. pray and gain your perspective. You can worship mm-hmm. and 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 fix your eyes on Jesus and your trust in him. All those things are good. But they've got to be feeding a deeper sense of trust. Oh, yeah. yes, I know my God is good. I right. know that he's good. And therefore, right. I can trust. Yeah. You know? and, and is it possible um, that, you know, if you are going through a difficult season, is it possible for one to be going through that? Because... God has actually lifted his grace from your life. And so maybe you're, you're battling to, you know, to trust in him and have faith. But the reason why things are, are going wrong is because you've kind of you know, lost your salvation or, mm. or, or because God is, has kind of like take, taken a step back because of sin in your life, yeah, you know, like yeah. you, you, you haven't quite gotten it right yet. So you've run out of chances now, you know, yeah. you, you know, when we, when we're growing up and we used to play video games, I know some people still play video games, um, <laughs> not me. you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> not mentioning any names, Pastor Adrian. Um, when, you know, you run out of your three lives and the game ends, yeah. you know, is that how it works with Christianity? You yeah. know, does God's grace lift? And, and is that why sometimes we go through impossible situations or why yeah. God doesn't intervene? Yeah. I just want to say I don't play a lot of video games. Um, I have three kids and I sometimes assist them because <laughs> they're struggling. And that's pretty much the extent of it. But, um, yeah, I think that's a common idea that people have. And I think that it's born out of a sense of guilt when we know that we haven't been living up to what we think the standard is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like John, uh, John Stott said, the symbol of Christianity mm-hmm is the cross and not the scales. Yeah. God doesn't measure our actions versus, you know, the reward and say, okay, well, if you've done enough, you can get the reward. If you yeah. haven't, then you lose it. Yeah. And grace means unmerited favor. It's mm-hmm. not something that you could have earned. Yeah. So the idea that God would remove favor because we haven't earned it yeah. or remove grace because we haven't earned it is, 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 it's an oxymoron. It just cannot yeah. act. That doesn't make any sense right. to say that. So God never, ever, ever removes his spirit from us. Right. Um, he doesn't lift his grace at any point. In fact, what you'll find is when you're going through a difficult time, where sin, even if it's a sinful thing that you've done, yeah. and, and you would expect God to want to withdraw from you as a result of what you've done. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds so, so much more. So you can yeah. expect in your biggest f- moments of failure yeah. and your biggest moments of trouble or calamity, you can actually expect more grace, mm-hmm. not less grace. Yeah. And so oftentimes we struggle. And, and again, you know, James says, consider it joy when you go through trials of various yeah. kinds, because through that process, mm-hmm. and we're not saying God causes the trials, but he can, um, he could definitely work through them. Okay. And through that process, um, you know, God is actually able to to bring you to maturity of faith, which right. is something that will bless you far more yeah. than if you had just had 
I mean, you if you meet a young person that's kind of just had a perfect life, never struggled, never been through a difficult moment, yeah. never been short on finances, never yeah. had any relational issues. Usually they're quite self-centered, yeah. usually, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can immediately see when there's somebody that's had a journey, that's actually right. yeah. been through some stuff because yeah. there's a maturity and a depth yes. that comes. Yes. Now, so God will allow certain of those things across our path so that we can grow through them. Right. And in that process, there's more grace. Right. Not less grace. Yeah. So I don't. Th- I don't know why we've developed this idea that grace means a free ticket out of whatever's difficult. Yeah. Grace yeah. means that we have the ability to actually s- to stick it out through yeah. the difficult times. Right. So is just to clarify. Yeah. Is there a difference between God sending hardship mm. and God allowing hardship? I think that there is a difference because I, you know, um, if you had. If you had somebody break into your home, I don't think God necessarily sent somebody to go and steal your stuff yeah. because that is inconsistent with his nature that we read in yeah. the scriptures, you know, um, who he revealed himself to be. Yeah. Um, but God can allow it right. for a greater good. Um, and this gets technical. And again, I'm not God, you know, I don't have yeah. perfect wisdom around this. But 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 for example, in, if you look at Israel, mm-hmm. whenever they had fallen away from God and were about to destroy themselves as a nation, and as a result of that, destroy the entire yeah. timeline of redemption, God would allow um, oppressors to come into the situation so right. they'd be oppressed by the nations around them yeah. um, or even taken into exile, yeah. as in the case of Babylon or the Assyrians. Yeah. And God would use those moments to bring right. them back to him. Right. So, so allowing, so yes, obviously God allows, yeah. um, allows certain of those things, but I don't think that God necessarily mm-hmm. in all cases sends it. Right. Um, um, and, but you know, there's, it, it, it becomes it, so tricky to it, figure out where the dividing line is. Yeah. Between those yeah. Things, it, it is, it is a bit of a tricky one, you, yeah. you know, especially when you look at, um, stories, for example, like the children of Israel in Egypt. Yes, and it talks about you know the plagues. Yes, you know, um, and then it talks about how you know God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yes, yeah, uh, and and so on. And then Moses is asking, "Let my people go," but you know because Pharaoh's heart's been hardened, and then there's a plague. And it's, yes, it's yeah. kind of like to what extent was you know God sending yes, or yes, not? Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and it can be, become a little bit tricky. And, I think one thing that you did kind of mention uh, throughout this series is is how if we knew the answers to all of these things yeah. and all of these nitty-gritties and, and specific issues and so on and so forth, um, then we would be God. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, yeah, but I'm not discounting God's sovereignty in any of that. You know, yeah. um, God's ultimate role in what he did in Egypt was, number one, to liberate his people. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, there's a long conversation that can be had about Pharaoh's heart mm-hmm. and whether it was, you know, how hard it was towards the people of Israel, towards God, even before, you know, worshiping other gods. Yeah. And also, and, but the main thing is, is that what God did through the story. Yeah. I mean, you read later on in the, in the old Testament and you find out that when other people heard yeah. that the Israelites were coming, they were filled with fear because they heard that God what God had done in Egypt. Yes. And so ultimately what God was doing is that he was turning the nations towards the reality of the fact that he is the ultimate God. Yes. Which is a precursor to them being able to receive salvation in that God. Yeah. So even in the case of Rahab, Mm -hmm. when the people of Israel came to Jericho, she's like, I have heard 
Yeah. But your God does. And I believe in him. Yeah. And Rahab, who was a prostitute in a foreign Gentile nation, yeah. um, became a part of the lineage of Christ. Christ. Yeah. So, so ultimately, God wants to turn all people towards mm. himself. And then he allows certain things. But the, the bottom line is, God desires good. Yeah. For, for people. Yes. And his heart is good. Yeah. And sometimes he'll allow some of those things that we would interpret right now, this is bad. Yeah. But God is using it to do a greater work. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the important thing. And, and so God is an intentional God. Yeah. And absolutely. everything that he does, he does um, with purpose. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, a comforting thing, probably even a liberating thing. Yeah. Knowing that God is intentional. Yeah. Um, and God does things with purpose. Yeah. Um, for me today, um, being one, say, who has given my life to Christ and I'm born again, um, how can I find my purpose? You know, yeah. How can I, you know, bring myself to a point of um, realization? Yeah. Or, or, or how can I receive this revelation of what God has intended for me? Because we yeah. know he's intentional. Yeah. So so he has a purpose. It's there. It's not like he's still thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so the purpose is there. But how can I know it yeah so i think that the important thing in terms of discovering your purpose is to know first of all that you have one yeah you know that god that you're not random that you didn't just come about because your parents decided to have a baby yeah. or maybe they didn't decide to have a baby but you just came along anyways um you're not <laughs> <Hello>. you <know. laughs> is that what happened to you that's why will is like 15 years younger than all of his brothers um yeah yeah, kind of. <laughs> but, um, you know, every single person on this planet, you know, God has ordained uh, a time for and and a and has a purpose for. You know, the Bible says that in Psalm 139 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture that says um, every one of your days was ordained before there was even one of them. And yeah. it talks about how says, how precious are God's thoughts towards me mm. and how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And yeah. David in that psalm writes and he says, you know, I'm skillfully and wonderfully made yes. and my soul knows it very well. Like yeah. I can I can perceive that God has put me together mm. in a specific way. And oftentimes, you know, I was actually having this conversation with a young guy earlier today, kind of just in a pastoral moment, talking about uh, purpose and discovering purpose. and and, you know, the truth is, is that you can look at certain things that God has put inside of you, mm -hmm. first of all. Mm -hmm. um, um, so I would say you would find your purpose by looking inside and by looking outside, right? Um, when I say looking inside, it starts by knowing who you are in Christ, because otherwise right. you don't really have a view yeah. of yeah. your identity or whatever. If you're going to base your identity on, you know, just external things, then you're going you're gonna to get totally lost there. But once you know... I'm significant mm -hmm. in in the eyes of of God. I am loved. I am ordained. I've got. I'm being called for a purpose. Yeah. And through Christ, I'm I am forgiven. I'm justified, and I'm, I've got a relationship with God. Yeah. Then you can begin to look inwards from that point onwards and go, and go. Okay, so you know, there's certain things that make me come alive. Yeah. In a genuine, in a deeper sense than just it's fun to do. Yeah. You know. So I asked this young guy today, and and I remember a pastor actually asking me this early on when we started Anchor Church, saying, what makes you come alive? Sure. Um, and, I mean, there's that quote, I can't remember who said it, but it says, you know, don't ask yourself 
um, what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that because what the world needs is people who come alive. And so I actually answered that what makes me come alive is to see people come alive. Like I absolutely love seeing people find purpose, find meaning and stepping into a call of God on their lives. Yeah, yeah. So that is something that I'm absolutely passionate about. And yeah. actually, when I see people living lives that have, uh, you know, that that are that squandered, you know, yeah. wasted lives, yeah. that angers me. Like it, yeah. it frustrates me, you know. And and I think that that's also another clue when you're looking inwards. What makes you angry? Yeah. That's often a clue to what you're called to do. So yeah. if you if seeing homeless people on the side of the street angers you at the injustice yeah it's quite likely that god has given you a calling towards a, a mercy ministry right um giving you a gift of mercy that that specifically we're all called to mercy but some yeah. people have that specific gift yeah to to execute justice right. in in uplifting others yeah and um and so that's a great clue what are you passionate about what makes right. you come alive what makes you angry what stirs you up right and then beyond that, looking on the outside in terms of how God opens doors for you, where the favor right. goes. Because I believe God is going to open those doors. He's not yeah. going to give you a purpose to do something mm-hmm. and then completely shut every door yeah. that you attempt to walk through in terms of pursuing that purpose. Right. So where are the doors opening? Pursue yeah. that because oftentimes that's a step to, to in the right direction. Yeah. And then what, what, what is it that drives you? What do you right. dream about? You yes. know? Yeah. Um, and, and in that way, but, but and, and, you know, this is maybe going to sound like me being a pastor saying this, but I cannot tell you how many people mm-hmm. we have seen step into their ultimate destinies yeah. because they got involved in a community of faith. Absolutely. Because they joined a church, yeah. they started serving, and that what it does is it awakens you to the fact that you are not the, the sole center of your life, yeah. of your own life, yeah. that everything doesn't revolve around you. Yeah. That your purpose, because as long as your purpose revolves around you, mm-hmm. it's never going to be God's purpose yeah. for you. Absolutely. Because God's purpose isn't for any of us to live self-centered lives. Yes. Yeah. So the moment you go, right, I can disconnect from everything being about how much money am I going to make? What yeah. house am I going to live in? You know, what car am I going to drive? Yeah. And all of a sudden you go, wait, there's other people in this world that yeah. need help. And you yeah. start engaging with that in a mission and mm-hmm. a kingdom eternal vision. All of a sudden, as you help others, mm-hmm. you unlock purpose in your own life yes yeah. and it's the most fulfilling thing on yeah. planet earth yeah um, there's nothing like it yeah and so i'd say if you want to fulfill god's purpose for your life and you're not a part of a church um you're going to struggle to yeah. get there honestly yeah so for sure yeah it it, it 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 just cannot be that your purpose is divorced from other people absolutely yeah. and the community of faith is it's the body of Christ. Yeah. So the church is what Jesus is doing on this earth. Yeah. And I've had so many people say this to me as a pastor, this is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. But they say, you know, I'm not going to be a part of the church because I just want to wake up on a Sunday and I want God to tell me what to do. Yeah. And it's like, why do you what are you talking about? <laughs> God already told you what to do. He said, go to church. Like, yeah. do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Yeah. Go there and be built up, be yeah. strengthened, be encouraged. So it's like, I, I often think Jesus is just face palming in, like in heaven going like, seriously, this guy wants me to tell him every Sunday what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, be a part of what Jesus is doing yeah. on this earth. So, so if you are faithfully uh, attending church yeah. or part of a community of believers, yeah. part of a local church and so on, um, you, you, you know, you've kind of done that part and not doing that part. Yeah. 
but you don't necessarily feel like there's anything being stirred up in your heart, you know, in terms of what God has created you to do in terms of a specific kind of purpose or anything like that. Yeah. Um, what do you do in the interim? Yeah. It depends on whether you're talking about a career that you're following. Because I can say that there are a lot of people that aren't necessarily able to, at this point, earn a living through pursuing what they feel their purpose is. Yeah. And so, you know, they might be working at McDonald's or doing something. And, and it's honorable to work, right? Yeah. It's noble to to work and to earn a wage and mm -hmm. to provide for your family, even yeah. if that work that you're doing isn't really connected to your calling. In some ways, we all have a calling to care for our families. Yeah. Um, and so that is you fulfilling your your purpose, right. um, even though it's not, it doesn't feel direct. Okay. Yeah. So we're not knocking at all people that that work and don't feel that their work is specifically their calling, yeah. And, but live out their that enables them to live it out in other right. ways, right? Yeah. Um, so if you're talking about a career, that's one thing. But the the other thing that I'd say to you, if you want to really know what God has called all of us to do, because you have the general call mm -hmm. and the specific call. So not everybody's called to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I had a, a one of the pastors. It was a lady that was in a church I worked for before. Said if you're not called for ministry. Thank Jesus, right? Because <laughs> it can be really tough at times. Um, and uh, and so maybe you're not called to be a pastor, but you definitely have a specific calling. Everybody yeah. does. And that can take time to figure out. Mm. Um, but we all have a general call. right? And there is enough in the general call of God mm -hmm. for all of us to be busy for multiple lifetimes, right? right. So if you just look at our, the, the call that we all have to do, for example, is to share the gospel, right. the call to build the kingdom, the call to help the poor, the call to uh, to serve one another, the call yeah. to give, the call to to love, the call yeah. to all these different things to to, um, you know, help others that are in need, all those kinds yeah. of things. You can do that while you're figuring out. In fact, you should be doing that yeah. while you're also figuring out what specific gifting God has right. given you. Because yeah. God has different giftings. You know, yeah. He says to the one that is gifted to prophesy, he should prophesy yeah. in measure of his faith. You know, to the one that is called to give, mm -hmm. he should give um, uh, generously. To the one that is called to to lead, should lead with diligence. Now we're all called yeah. to lead in some context to give yeah. and uh, you know to be part of God's prophetic voice on the earth. Mm -hmm. But some of us have got a greater um, gifting in yeah. that area, right. and then you can start to discover the, the specific call. So my answer is start with the general call. Right. Do what you know to do, yeah. what the scriptures tell us to do. Yes. We have we don't have to guess about yeah. that. And then from there, allow God to direct you into the specific call. And if you think about it, all studies work that yeah. way. If you want to be a doctor, you don't just show up on day one of medical school saying, okay, I'm going to be a heart surgeon. Yeah. No, you start by learning general medicine. Listen. And yes. over time, you you move into a more specific yeah. direction. Yeah. So yeah. And and can one lose that gift? Can you lose your purpose? Like, yeah. Whether it's like through sin or whatever yeah. it is, does can God change His mind halfway yeah. through and, you know, for whatever reason, either disqualify you or just decide that nah, it's it's enough now. Yeah. You know? So I think losing your purpose on the one hand, but also losing your um. Losing your salvation is another question that people ask. And I think the, I don't think you could ever lose it in the sense that God removes it from you or, you know, you were still intending to do it, but you hadn't done it well enough and so it could yeah. be taken away. I think the, I think you can just, um, let me put it this way. Like, um, I might not lose my Bible. Mm -hmm. It could stay here in my house and I'll never lose it. Yeah. But I could also 
choose to not open it. Right. And so it's not that I'm necessarily losing it, but I could squander the opportunity yeah. of actually, um, you know, reading it yeah. and 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 taking the opportunity that is in front yeah. of me to actually get yeah. to know it, you know. And I think in that way, I don't think that, it actually, it's not whether or not I think, it's what the Bible says. The Bible says, um, you know, the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Right. Some translations say without repentance. Yeah. So even if you, even if you decide that you're going to completely squander that gift as a conscious decision, mm -hmm. God still doesn't take that gifting off of your life. Yeah. He still doesn't remove his call from your life. Yeah. But you can certainly choose to not walk in it. Right. And even when that comes to salvation, you know, you can never sin your way out of salvation. Right. We know that Jesus has died for all sin and you are saved mm -hmm. in Christ and you are perfected forever through that one sacrifice, as it speaks in the book of Hebrews. Yeah. Um, the the only thing that the Bible kind of brings up, um, uh, you know, in this conversation is the fact that you could choose to say, I reject Christ mm -hmm. and I no longer believe in him and right. I no longer look to him for salvation. Yeah. So it's only through apostasy, which is kind of like the theological term for that, yeah. that you could walk away from your salvation and in that sense lose it. But then... Others would argue, well, if you actually got to that point, did you ever really believe? believe. Or was your belief just like uh, more like religion yeah. or more like an ideology or a theoretical thing? Because can you have genuine faith and walk away from it? Mm -hmm. um, but let's say it is possible for the sake of argument. It is possible to totally believe in Jesus yeah. and then say, I choose to no longer believe in Jesus. And that would be the only context. Yeah. So people that are worried about losing their, their salvation... Mm -hmm by your what your worry proves that you don't want to yeah. and so that proves yeah. that you haven't yeah. um so people that it's only people that are like i'm absolutely done i do not want to be saved yeah. by christ even if you told them but that means that you're going to end up you know having to face judgment for your sins and they're like that's fine i'll face the judgment yeah. if they consciously choose that yeah um then there is a chance that god would let them go Sure. Way, you know? and, and the one thing that we can take comfort in is that God wants to be with us. Yes, you know, absolutely. he's actually running towards us. Absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, we're kind of drawing to a close now. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we know from Scripture that the Bible says that, you know, the things of this, this world, the things of this earth are temporary. Yeah. Um, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Yeah. Um, and w a lot of what we do and a lot of what we've spoken about today has been from the perspective of, um, you know, us who are believers, us who have yeah. faith. Um, and we have this hope. You yeah. Know? Um, but there are many that don't believe in Jesus. There are many yeah. that haven't received the you know, the free gift yeah. of eternal life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we obviously have that, 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 that mission to, to, you know, to preach the good news and, and yes. to, 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 to preach the gospel and so on. But there's some that have died mm. um, without having heard the gospel or have died having rejected it, kind of like what you're talking yes. about before, yeah. where they just rejected the, the message of Jesus and the yeah. message of hope and so on. Um, we know um, what is eternal for us yes. in terms of our eternal home. Yes. Um, but what happens to those that have rejected the message of Jesus, those that haven't heard um, of his goodness or anything like that, that yeah. have died? What happens to them? Where do yeah. they go? So I think that, you know, the argument there is, is that if there's a person that has never heard the gospel, what would happen to them? You know, would they, would they face punishment as a result of that? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, actually Romans 1 
speaks about this in where Romans 1 says that, um, that, that God has made his eternal power and glory known to all creation mm -hmm. through what he has created. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a reason why we all love nature. There's yeah. a reason why when we want to recover, we go to nature, like we want to yeah. go sit in the garden or we want to go to the beach or we yes. want to go be in the bush or yeah. whatever so that we can experience nature because we feel we're restored yeah. in nature. And it's actually because we're closer to the reality of God yeah. that we feel refreshed, which is such a great... You know, that'll preach. About right. If you want to be restored, get close to, to God. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, people, people, the sense of restoration and love that we, you know, you find very few people in the world that'll be like, oh, nature is so irritating. I hate <laughs> nature. Maybe there are some. Um, but most people at least enjoy a beautiful sunset yes. or, you know, the smell of the ocean yeah. or the sound of the rain and those yeah. kinds of things, you know. Well, at least there's general consensus that those things are oh, beautiful. Good. Yeah. Yes, good and beautiful. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, some people go as far as personifying nature as a result. It's almost like they can feel the person behind it, yeah. but don't want to give that person the name of God or creator. And yeah. so they just go, mother nature or or the universe, universe. or you know the the ocean spoke to me today and it's like okay um yeah. so we so we are aware yeah. of the fact that there's a creator yes. behind creation even when we want to pretend like there isn't yeah deep down we know yeah. that there is and so it is our responsibility for all of us to to seek truth yeah and to find out if there's a creator yeah what is he like yeah um nobody is going to be let off for apathy, yeah. you know, for going, nah, I don't want to know if there's a creator or whatever. That puts you in the guilty category, right. you know, because because if you if you know that there's something like truth, ignoring it doesn't excuse yes. your guilt, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it's like that in the law. Yeah. Um, if you break a law and you didn't know it was a law, you're still guilty yeah. before the law. You, you know Ignorance I mean? is not an excuse. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. Let's say, for example, you take um, a tribe or uh, you know a group of people in the amazon or on some island that has just literally never heard the word of jesus no bible has ever reached them i don't know because i know i've got a lot of missionary friends and i know that they've covered the earth for the most part but let's say you do get a tribe that has never heard what will god do with those people well even in their in their, their search should have led them mm -hmm. somewhere and we have heard many stories of our missionary friends actual stories of people arriving in the deepest parts of the Congo jungle or in Cambodia or yeah. whatever and arriving at a little tribe um, where, you know, they had actually already through either somebody in that tribe having received a vision mm -hmm. or a word or God spoke to them somehow, yeah. they had already heard of Jesus right. and were worshiping him by the time the missionaries arrived there. So, so, you know, I think God's heart is to give everybody that opportunity. Yes whether it's through nature, yeah. but through that specific revelation, how will God judge somebody? Let's say theoretically it's possible for somebody to have never heard the, yeah. about the gospel. Um, you know, what will happen to them? You know, that would be God is the judge of yeah. that. What I do know, and I can say this unequivocally is true, is that if you haven't given your life to Christ yeah. and he, you haven't received his grace to forgive you of your sins, mm -hmm then you will have to face the judgment for those sins yourself. Yeah. Um, and if and if you choose to not go on a search for truth mm -hmm. and you don't arrive at, you know, and respond to that message, mm -hmm. then you will have what you require or what you yeah. requested, which was 
to ultimately try to save yourself yeah. and face um, that judgment based on that. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so yeah, and, and I mean, I think um, I remember we also had one question during the series about somebody asking what happened to the people in the Old Testament yes. um, that followed the law. Um, there's a misconception that in the Old Testament, people were saved by the law. Yeah. The law has never saved anybody. It only made us conscious of sin. Yeah. Um, we've always only been saved in one way, mm-hmm. and that is through faith in God, faith in Jesus. Yeah. And so even in the Old Testament, with people like um, Abraham, it says yeah. that he believed in God and his faith was accredited to him as righteousness. Yeah. Um, even with David, it speaks about how David's faith in God is what made him righteous yeah. and made him right with God. So it's always been based on faith. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, theologically, um, you know, we believe that even those people in the Old Testament didn't necessarily go to be in God's presence directly after death, but that there was Abraham's bosom. Yeah. This is how it's described in the New Testament, which is where those that had faith in God went to. And then when Jesus died, he died for them as well and uh, took them up into yeah. heaven with him. And that's what that sentence in Ephesians 4, which says he led the captives free or yes. he led captivity captive. You know, that whole yeah. idea is that he was leading those yeah. um, into the presence of the Father yeah. in heaven. So yeah. um, so ultimately, anybody who's ever had faith in God, faith yeah. in Jesus in that way, um, has been yeah. saved. Yeah. And so the thing that we can really celebrate here is that, you know, God's heart is to save man yes you know, because god loves us um and you know in in peter it says um that god is patient towards us yeah um seeking that none would perish you know yeah and, and that's something that gives us hope yeah um with regards to all of yeah um all of that yeah it actually just reminds me maybe we can kind of wrap it up on this idea but um my wife and i were doing some gardening yesterday and we had a, a creeper grow from the neighbor's wall, come over the wall, yeah. and it intertwined with uh, with some of the ferns that we had, and they're quite delicate or whatever. Yeah. So we want to get rid of the creepers, and we want to pull them out. Um, but if you do, it pulls out the ferns as well, and it pulls out it pulls them out by the roots. You yeah. know? And that's kind of what Peter is saying when he says, God is not slack concerning his promise that yeah. he is going to return and put all things right. So why does God allow this broken world to continue for so long? Yeah. And it's actually because... It says, but God is 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 patient, not desiring that any should perish. Mm-hmm. So He's getting giving everybody an opportunity yes. to turn to Him, yes. um, and that's why He delays. That's why He allows things to continue and works in the midst of that. Yeah. As people experience brokenness, they can hopefully find Him and turn to yes. Him. But for those that absolutely refuse, if God just plucked them out of the world right now, like mm-hmm. take care of all evil in yeah. the world, you know, because we want God Smite to interfere. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Like we say, why didn't God interfere when something bad was going to happen? Yeah. But then you also have to ask the question, how much interference are you happy with? Yeah. What about when you were about to swear at a guy in the traffic? Mm-hmm. Did you want God to, you know, cause you to become a mute at that moment? Sure. So we, do, we often want God to interfere when something bad's going to happen to us. Yeah. But then what about all the bad things we do? So like God should prevent somebody from breaking in to my home mm-hmm. and stealing my stuff. But what about people that are about, like, good, innocent people, I'm going to put it that way, they're not robbing homes, mm-hmm. but they cheat on their taxes. Yeah. Should God intervene yeah. there? Mm-hmm. So at what level of intervention yeah. are we comfortable with yeah. here, you know? Yeah. And rather, we should just leave it up to the wisdom of God yeah. of how and, and what. And that involves prayer as well, because yeah. if God intervenes or doesn't always intervene, why should we pray? Yeah. But he actually told us that if we don't pray, then many times he won't intervene yeah. because we you don't have because you haven't asked. Sure. But as we pray, 
we're actually in, um, putting our faith in God and yeah. God can show himself faithful in that way. Yeah. So, so God in his sovereignty commands us to yeah. pray and to ask. Yeah. And so that's what we do and we leave yeah. the rest to him. But coming back to the gardening, if God just plucked out mm. every, and Jesus actually uses this as a parable. So he says, uh, um, you have the wheat, the harvest yes. of God, mm. and you have the tares or the yeah. weeds. Yeah. And if, like in our garden, if we just plucked out all of the weeds right now, we would uproot. Think about if God had to just take out every evil person, you know, or person that hasn't turned to him right now in a moment. First of all, many more evil people would be lost, not having the opportunity to be saved. Yeah. But also it would upturn the entire, the entire world right yeah. now, you know. And so actually what the parable that Jesus told is that God is allowing the, the wheat and the tares mm -hmm. to grow yeah. alongside each other. Yeah. Until the judgment day. Right. And at that time, mm -hmm. he's going to take the harvest mm -hmm. um, and then deal with the tares. Deal sure. with, you know, in terms of judgment on evil and yeah. bringing justice to the world. Wow. So God could absolutely just destroy every sinner yeah. right now in a, in a heartbeat. Um, and justly so as a form of judgment. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, then there would be nobody left. Yeah. Um, but what he does instead is he gives us grace and he yeah. gives the offer of grace yeah. to everyone. Yes. Because all of us started out as tares or, yeah. or weeds and God gives the offer of grace that anybody by putting their faith in Jesus yeah. can, can become a part of that harvest wow. and can have eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we have covered so much in, I don't know how, how many minutes now, but um, there is still so much more that we could have gone through, but we've run out of time. Um, but, I, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we believe that, you know, hopefully you are able to, to embark on a journey now that we've yeah. been able to give you some direction um, and, and that as you explore and as you even wrestle with some of these things, uh, by the grace of God, you'll gain more understanding mm -hmm. and just even more peace around some of the questions that yeah, you have. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that once again, uh, to kind of end off where we started, if you have that desire, and how many of these questions are around the idea of justice? Yeah. Why? Because it's what we're longing for. It's yeah. what we started with as uh -huh. humanity, perfect justice, perfect peace. Uh -huh. It's what we long for yeah. in eternity. Yeah. And we can be a part of the process of begin, bringing God's kingdom to the earth so people can begin to taste mm -hmm. what we will ultimately experience. Sure. And that is just the goodness and the peace and the, and the righteousness of God. Yeah. And it's such a great thing to be a part of. So we can be yeah. a part of bringing that sense of the kingdom, you know, to people's restoration, healing, love, joy. The church is a, is a picture of heaven where people are diverse but yet unified and they're mm -hmm. together and they love one another by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have loved one for another this is the kind of stuff yeah. that we get to show the world that there is more to life than just the brokenness yes. that we experience yeah. right now and that is one of the reasons why we are um we exist as a church. Yeah. And so I wanted to end off today just by mentioning our Heart for the House series. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been asking, what's happening with church? Are we going to be digital forever? Are we going to be meeting again? And we have a really exciting announcement coming up on the 14th of October. Um, that's a midweek announcement that we'll make and we'll give further details. Yeah. Um, but, but in preparation for that, we're going starting a new series next week, um, which we do every October, our Heart for the House series. Mm -hmm. And in the Heart for the House series this year, um, we're going to be talking about 
this is why it's yeah. uh, that's going to be the name of the series and really and 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 this is one of the reasons why the church exists mm-hmm. because we bring hope and we bring life mm-hmm. to this world we yeah. are the light that is that is set on a stand the city that is on a hill that the salt of the earth we're called to make a difference and to see lives change yeah and this is why this is why yeah. we do what we do it's why we serve it's why we give it's why we uh, build church it's it's why we go through the difficult moments of loving people and helping people um it's why we exist in this city and in this world in this time yeah to make a difference so i want to encourage everybody don't miss the heart for the house series yeah. and the important announcement about the future of our church uh coming up on the 14th of october so yeah really really looking forward to yeah. that yeah Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. Uh, We love you. God bless you and have a great week in God.